Just a word of welcome to our seminarians. We have uh, a few seminarians from their spirituality, your house here today, joining us for Mass, as well as some of the folks from the Samuel Group. Um, so welcome to all of you. Glad to have you celebrating the Eucharist with us today. Um, the readings today remind me of something that happened to me when I was a senior in college. I lived in a room where four, there were four guys in this big dorm room, and the only real window was this kind of porthole window at the, uh, one, uh, the south-facing wall of the room. And we had this brilliant idea. Somebody had access to a projector, and I also had access to both a Nintendo 64 and a Sega Genesis. So we uh, hooked those things up to the projector and covered the porthole window, our only source of natural light, with cardboard and like several pillows and stuff to keep it in place. And we would play old video games uh, during our free time, during the day. And at one point, <laughs> my friend James and I were on the couch, along with a few other of my roommates, and in the middle of a game, <laughs> the cardboard fell off the window and in poured all of this sunlight and <laughs> ruined, we couldn't see the video game anymore. <laughs> and James goes, no, we're gaming! <laughs> Which is one of these lines that's just like, at the time, struck me so funny. It's, it's just stuck in there every time. I think about the natural light coming in. I'm like, no, go away. I'm trying to play video games. Because it, it like, it's like this microcosm of preferring a simulacrum to the real thing. You know, like there's this whole world out there, this bright, beautiful world. And how often do we prefer to stay in our false virtual world? You know, that's like a copy of the real one. And in order to stay in this world, we have to kind of exclude the light from the other world. But the more it pours in, the more that, that kind of fantasy or virtual reality kind of dissipates and we're forced to kind of go out into the real thing. Um, in a way, it's sort of uh, symbolic, if you want, of the whole of reality that actually, like Plato's cave, if you know the allegory of the cave that the philosopher Plato talks about, is that we're all in a way these chained up beings in a cave with a fire behind us, like watching a puppet show. And that if we just turned around, we could see the puppets. And if we even went out of the cave, we'd come out into this big, beautiful green and blue world. Um, but we're kind of stuck and, and fixated on the, on the images rather than the reality. And while that's an ancient Greek philosophy, there's something uh, Christian about it as well. Like we can appropriate that way of looking at reality in the sense that we believe in a sacramental world. Even we are sacramental in the sense that we're made imago Dei, in the image of God. You know, and Jesus is the, whoever's seen me has seen the Father, he says to Philip. You, know, you look at Jesus and you see an image of the Father. He's the sacrament. Um, and then, of course, we have a sacrament of Jesus in, in the Blessed Sacrament, in the Eucharist. So we, we look through these signs into a deeper reality. And so, in a certain way, the whole world is a sign pointing somewhere. And as we come to the end of the year, I'm talking about the liturgical year, like next week is the Feast of Christ the King, and then the week after that is the beginning of a new liturgical year, the first Sunday of Advent. As we come to the end of the year, the church gives us apocalyptic readings, like the gospel today, Peter, uh, Jesus talking about the end times, and the heavens being shaken, and the Son of Man coming on the clouds, the end of time. Um, but what does apocalypse mean? It's the same word we, we translate the Greek apocalypsis to revelation, the book of revelation, revelatio. It's the pulling back of a veil. 
just means like uncovering in a way like the cardboard just falling off the porthole and in shining the light. And at first it's painful, like it, it's shocking. Um, but what the apocalypse is not, is not like some end time, some end battle where like Armageddon, it's finally, uh, we're done messing around with this uh, playtime. Now we're getting to the real time, the apocalypse. No, in a way, the apocalypse is a pulling back of the veil of the battle that's been raging all, all, all the time. Right now, there is a, a real world behind and beyond the world that you see, the world that you and I see. And that battle is for our souls. It's basically like up until that end time, up until when Christ finally comes uh, to reign in glory, the question still remains, who will rule over that one? And who will rule, rule over that one? Is it Christ the King, the Prince of Peace? Or is it the ancient serpent, the Prince of Darkness? And all of these readings, like um, our first reading, it says, The wise shall shine brightly like the splendor of the firmament, and those who lead many to justice shall be like the stars forever. Like, even the stars are just a sign of what the saints will be like, how brightly we'll shine in God's glory, because we've reflected it, because we've said yes to him, because we've acknowledged him as our king and want to serve him for eternity. But others shall be an everlasting horror and disgrace. Don't get too scared, <laughs> Okay, if you, all, all it takes is to say yes, to accept the grace, the invitation to be in the kingdom, to acknowledge his mercy and his love. It's not something we earn. But if we turn away from that grace, if we, if we say no, there are consequences and they're eternal. And so this battle that's raging is real. Jesus says, look at the fig tree. When the fig tree starts to get tender shoots and green leaves, you know that summer's coming. You know, so we can look out at the world. Right now, it's fall. You look out and you see the leaves, and it means death. It means another winter is coming. You don't have to be that old to realize, like, it happens the same way every year. And you can read the signs of the time. But in a way, what Jesus is saying, like, the world is a sign. That fall, the, the autumn we call fall, is reflective. It, it, it images the fall that all of us experience and that all of us will die because of. And we all have to pass through this winter, this coldness, this death, in order to pass into this spring and the new life, the restoration of, of summer, the eternal day where the sun never stops shining. Um, and so in that way, everything means Jesus. You know what I mean? Like you look out and once you see this, the leaves falling on the ground mean Jesus is going to die for our sins, and he has. And that if we acknowledge that, if we uh, embrace that and participate in it with him, we'll go with him into new life. It will be painful, but that reality is true. And like it says in the letter to the Hebrews, it says, By one offering he has made perfect forever those who are being consecrated. We go through this liturgical year over and over and over again. It's not just so that we don't forget the story. Okay, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he died in Jerusalem, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, gave us the Holy Spirit. Now, a couple weeks of ordinary time, let's run it again. Um, it's not just going in and out, the same thing over and over and over again until you die. We're moving somewhere. You individually, me, but the whole church is moving towards this final victory where, where Christ is all in all. 
But that victory has already been won. That's what Hebrews is saying. By one offering, he has made perfect forever. You are already made a saint. You have already died in baptism. You have already risen with Christ and have the grace of adopted sonship. You are sons and daughters of God. You are reconciled to the Father and have access to that grace. But what's the psalm say? It's our inheritance forever. Can't be taken away from us. But those who are being consecrated, it's this ongoing process. And you, maybe you've heard the, the, uh, the end times is like, it's already, but not yet. Like Christ has won the victory over sin and death, but we still suffer until the end times. It's already, but not yet. Another way of thinking about it is already, but there's more to come. The reason Christ came is so that you might have life and have it to the full. And that means that if you're not done yet, you're not yet fully alive in Christ. But the best is yet to come, that he's going to make it happen if you say yes. Right? And as that veil gets pulled back, you know, it's painful. The cardboard falling from the thing did make us have to stop gaming only briefly until we put it back on and started playing video games again. But you have to say yes to this light pouring in. But I think my hunch is that as, it, as we peer more into the mystery and as Christ makes it more obvious to us what we're really doing here and what he's really doing among us in your own life and in the church, in the world, that it becomes more painful. Right? Just as like staring at the sun hurts. Uh, but it becomes more beautiful because it's real. We're looking at what's really going on, the battle that's really raging and how much and how how hard Christ fights for you, how much he's fighting for you right now. And so we peer into the mystery in this Eucharist, um, into God's sacrament of his immense, infinite love for each one of us, and we, we do our best to, to receive that love, to look into it and see the reality behind it.